Hello and welcome to another episode of the Power On Retro Gaming Podcast. My name is Scott and I'm joined by James, my co-host. Say hello, James. How's it going, Scott? Going very well, very well indeed. So, we are back for episode, I believe it's 13. That is correct, yes. That's correct, good. Uh, And today we're just going to do a little bit of a different sort of episode. Today we're going to pick two games, uh, well a game each, and... We're going to talk about it in some detail. Um, I'm sure yours will be more detailed than mine, but <laughs> we're going to discuss. Yeah, we're going to discuss a game each. We don't know which game we're discussing that the other person's discussing, so uh, hopefully be, it's not the same. Hopefully it's not the same, but uh, <laughs> like those odds. But yeah, so we're going to pick, pick a game each. We've written down some notes. Um, this is well, in my case, it's a game I've played but haven't completed, and I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm sure you'll tell us later on. Yeah. I'll be going first, and then at the conclusion of my discussion of the game, uh, or more so of a review, I guess, uh, you'll ask me some questions about it. You may have heard of it, played it. Uh, yeah. We're not really sure. So it's sort of it's a bit of a different layout this episode, but we're just going to have some fun with it and see if maybe this is something we can incorporate into future episodes. Yeah. So anyway, I'll get the ball rolling. Let me just sit up before I fall down the side of this couch. Um so the game I am going to speak about is a game I got on release on the 3DS, although it came out on the Nintendo DS in 2010, and then November 1st, 2011, it came out on the 3DS. Um, it was released on the DS first, but then on the 3DS... Sorry, it was released on the 3DS and the Nintendo DS because at the time it was released... Uh, the DS was quite new, and they probably thought, well, we better put it... Sorry, the 3DS was quite new, so they probably figured we'd put it on both because, you know, obviously we'd be isolating the people that don't have a 3DS yet. So that game is Harvest Moon, The Tale of Two Towns. Okay. Have you played it, or have you heard about it? I have heard about it, yes. I have heard about it, never played it. What do you know about it? What do I know about it? Well, it's a farming simulator game. Um, my wife's... a big fan of the series she used to have Mm. the one on the ps1 and the gba um i believe i bought it for a couple years ago as well but we haven't played or she hasn't played that one so i'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts yeah well um so this was one of the first games i got on the 3ds back in uh back when a eb game store was up in blackburn north which it's no longer there but um, I figured I'd give it a go because I was chasing the one on the Super Nintendo, which I couldn't find at a reasonable price. So I decided to go with this one. Um, yep. Sorry, someone's just blowing up my phone. Um, anyway, anyway, uh, yeah, so it's it was a game I picked up on 3DS. I just got the 3DS. I think I was with you when I got the 3DS, and it was a few days after that. So if you recall, okay. we were together when I got my 3DS. It would have been a couple of days later that I went and picked that up. Um, yep. I've just noticed, sorry, I had it, I gave you the wrong information. It was came out in North America in 2011 on the 3DS. In Australia, it was 2012, uh, in July 5th. So uh, just some background information on the game uh, published by Marvelous Interactive in Japan, Natsume in North America, and Rising Star in Europe, um, which means very little to me. <laughs> um yep. But as you said, yes, it is a farm simulator. Um, a little bit different to the other f- harvest moves. Uh, harvest moves. 
that's the dancing game of the series. No, Harvest Moon game is a little <laughs> bit different because it has basically what the tile suggests, two towns, um, and the background on this of that is built into the story where the two towns have a disagreement many, many years ago about who cooks the better meals. I know it's a bit cheesy, but okay. um, which results in the tunnel that has the tunnel that they take to access each other's towns being shut off by the fairy goddess. Um, so you can at the very start of the game you arrive and the mayors of the two towns ask you to pick which town you want to go live in. And ultimately yep. what you want to do, if you go live in one town, it's focused more about uh, raising livestock. So, you know, looking after horses, cows, sheep, uh, sheep, um, all that sort of stuff. And the other one is more growing crops, you know, keeping bees, all that sort of stuff. Yep. Um, so I chose to go to Konohana, which is the um, animal side. Um, okay. So you look up. Look after pigs, you look after cows. Each day you have to milk them and stuff, and you can sell the milk uh, ultimately to buy, you know. You can actually plant crops and stuff as well, so it's not like you're isolating yourself. But And you can jump between the both towns at any time, so it's it's not like you, once you've made a decision, it's set in stone. Um, so a little bit about the game, yeah. So you sort of travel around. Um, you can pick a girl or a boy, um, and you just continue to start doing that. It has a really good request system where uh, yep. there's a message board in the town where you can do different things like collect three fish or collect, you know, four rocks and give it to certain someone and they'll give you, say, a potato or something. But basically, in terms of what your outcome is for the game, apart from just doing, you know, mindless tasks like farming and raising livestock, you basically, mm -hmm. each, each week of the game, the in-game calendar, there's a cooking festival and you have to present a meal to the cooking festival that... Uh, on behalf of your town, and if you win, um, you get a prize, but you also get this little bar with love hearts, which goes up as you win, um, okay. and your goal is to get that all the way full, which means that the towns will like each other again, um, okay. and ultimately the path will be opened up. So it's very hard to win the cooking festival. I've only ever won it one time. Um, a thing I find hard about the game is um, learning and finding the recipes to make interesting meals because mm -hmm. if you if you accidentally cook with the wrong ingredients, it presents a bad meal, so it's just useless. Okay. Um, but also if you have a five-star meal and you go to the festival and you're someone in your town is there, computer-operated player, and they give a bad meal, it you'll have no chance of winning. So it's really rolling the dice on those. Okay. Um, yeah, so, but yeah, like I said, you can, you, t you like each day, you know, you'll collect the milk and the eggs and you'll take them into town, sell them, you get money to buy things like different crops, seeds, um, all sorts of things. There's a few problems with the games, um, sort of the way it's set out because some, you need to sort of go to stores to stock up on materials and fertilizer and stuff like that but a lot of the times the stores are closed and especially during the festivals they're closed so you can't get say the festival's built around the, the theme of um potatoes you can't go mm -hmm. and buy potatoes or okay. um, so it sort of screws you over a bit and the stores are closed when it's raining the weather's different most days they're closed on the weekend so you could get up leading up to the festival you might not be able to get anything to present a good meal and ultimately oh, no. um but look, every time you go to the festival, the little heart, the little heart gauge I mentioned will move a tiny bit. So it's like you're still getting a tiny bit of progression through the game, even if you do lose. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, so, so. It, it makes it quite difficult to progress in a way, but you got to be. So the weather plays a big factor in the game. Yeah, the weather and also it's got a few mechanical issues, but like I'm probably 45 hours into it and I'm probably just over a quarter in filling the gauge between the two towns. Oh, wow. So there's a lot of time you can put into it. And that's not to mention there's, um, you know, you can boost your skill level in terms of fishing and collecting bugs. And as you're doing all that stuff, you go up skill levels and there's heaps of skill levels. Um, you know, you have to learn different recipes. You have to raise livestock, make sure they're okay, treat your plants, do all this while the time is ticking for the day. You know, you've got to bring your cows and stuff in at night if it's raining and whatnot and uh, all those different things to consider. But then there's a whole other aspect of the game, which is um, marriaging. So you sort of have to court women or men, depending on who you are, and give them presents and different types of food and stuff to make them like you. And that fills up its own separate gauge. Yeah. Um, so you can build relationships with basically everyone in the game. So, you know, I think I read somewhere there was over 5,000 possibilities of um, 5,000 friendship points, sorry, um, and different marriage ca- candidates that you can possibly go for. So there's all that as well. So I sort of, if you're sitting down to sort of play this game and speed through it, you, yeah. know, you, you just can't. Um, you just can't. But funny thing about it is all the shops are closed when it's raining except for the outdoor flower shop. That remains open <laughs> at all times. So, yeah. Um, look, overall, compared to other Harvest Moon games, it's probably one of the least rated ones. Um, Metacritic gave it 63 out of 100, and that was on the DS and the 3DS. Um, real only yep. difference is the 3D graphics, um, and there's a few cutscenes in the 3DS version. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just play the 3DS version. I don't know anything about the DS version um, other than those two things. I'm sure they're very similar. But I really like it because it's it's probably the first Harvest New uh, Harvest Moon Harvest Moon game that I've played, um, yep. and I haven't really even played that much of it. I know that sounds funny, but like I'm not really that far into it, and I don't really play it well. Whereas I sort of focus on just the animals, whereas I should be growing crops and trying to get you know recipes for the cooking festival and getting, you know, a better fishing rod to catch better fish and doing all sorts of things. But I find that it's, for me, it's like I just want to focus on sort of one thing. Yep. And Um, that's why we're not getting far enough in the cooking festival. That's right. I I should have um, had a look earlier to see. But since I got it in 2011, I probably play it once a year. You know, I'll play it for a couple of weeks and get a little little bit further. So, you know, maybe one day I'll finally... um, knock it over but who knows but yeah look it's in that you know that story of seasons sort of um family of games you know you've got games like rune factory innocent life hometown story they're all sort of made by the same sort of guys and based around the same things um yeah so the first harvest moon game on the snares was like 1996 so um it's a very long-running series and obviously has a big following but in terms of, you know, other games in the series, I've probably got most of them al- along the way, in ter- like, collecting-wise, but haven't really played all of them because I'm sort of trying to beat this one first. But yep. um, because it is it is such a big game, you know, it, it, it is going to take a while. Um, I'm sure if you were really good at it, you would have beaten it by now, but I'm definitely not good at it. And that's why I can't really tell you what happens at the end because 
yeah. I haven't completed it or got close to beating it. I'm guessing um, that at the end when you fill the gauge, the towns go back to liking each other and all's, all ends well and the tunnel opens back up and, yeah, but... Um, That's the kind of feeling you'd get from the from the plot of the story. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, look, it, it is different to the Harvest Moon games. I've watched some reviews prior to doing this just to get some more information and they were saying they introduced a lot more to do with the animals, which um, weren't other animals that weren't in the game, but also um, the way you actually farm is different in this game. So yeah. that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, and it is just a single-player game, so there's no online or anything. And that's about it for that. Um, I think there might actually be some street pass capabilities for the 3DS, but I never really looked into that. Okay. Yeah. Oh. So that's uh, that's my game of the day uh, for you, my man. So yeah. Well, there you go. It was quite detailed. Yeah. Or well, if you want to fire me off some questions, or if there's anything you want to know. Um, yeah. Um. So you're saying it came out in 2012, and you got it on the 3DS, and yeah. you play it once a year. Um. Yeah. What type of animals would you say are what type of animals are on your farm that you look after that you're so keen on? Uh, well, I had obviously you start with chicks and they turn into chickens. Um, yep. I've got alpacas, horses, cows, pigs, and bees. Uh, okay. Oh, and I've also got a bulldog and a like a Labrador sort of thing. Um, okay. And I might actually, yeah, I've got a cat as well. So. You know, you have to make sure you've got dog food and stuff because a little, um, a little old sort of symbol will come up above. It's like a Tamagotchi. It'll come up above their head that they, they need a brush or they need a milk or they need, they need, you know, um, food, whatever it yep. might be. So, if you don't have that stuff, obviously they're going to get sick and die. Um, you know, it is easy just to go and buy another one, but um, obviously you sort of, the aim of the game is to look after them. So, yeah. Yeah. And what type of food do you have to do for this cooking competition? Um, well, you can, basically you can get seeds for anything, um, and you obviously you, can, you know catch a fish and make some sort of fish dish, uh, grilled fish. But you know you'll you'll get you'll make butter and you'll make cream and you'll make milk and stuff like that, and um, buy different sorts of pots from town. Um, when maybe if you fulfill a request, you can get, say, a different type of frying pan, which helps you to cook things differently, um, which results in better meals. Uh, but then if you do cook a meal on, say, a Tuesday and the festival's on Thursday, by that time the meal's gone bad. Yep. Um, so it'll be an innocent fail. Um, okay. So I'm just trying to think. But, you know, like I was growing onions um, and stuff like that. So you need to have quite a big area set aside to sort of grow different things um but also it can be hard to come across certain seeds if you are trying to work on something as i mentioned if the festival's um you know based around a certain something um you know uh, let's just say it's based around fruit and you don't have any fruit then you're sort of screwed okay all right Um, cool and that's yeah, that's that's it. I, as I said, I sort of more focused around the animals, so I didn't really grow a lot of stuff. Um, yeah. But it, it can, I guess, it's one of those games. If you don't know how to play it properly, it can be a bit difficult and overwhelming because um, there's a lot in it, and you know, yep. like 
I, I know in other series of games you can actually get married and move into the house and stuff, but I, I don't really know if I'm even near that stage. Or Like, I've given gifts to people, but I'm sure you have to do it many, many times to sort of get a relationship going with people. But, yeah, I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah. Oh, good. So that's Harvest Harvest Moon, huh? Yeah, Harvest Moon, Tale of Two Towns. Um, look, I really like it, so I'll give it, you know, seven and a half out of ten. Yep. And I hope to have to sort of beat it. And I guess when we talk about these different games on the show and that I'm still playing, it gives me motivation to go back and sort of complete them. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And Natsume games, I think, have always been really good. I know they did a Ninja Turtles game. Uh, on the Game Boy Advance, which was pretty good, and also they did the Metabots games, which were really, really good RPGs. So, um, okay, and it plays really well. Like, um, you know, like you don't have to hold down L to run; you just push it once, and you automatically run and stuff like that. So they've they've taken care to make sure it's easier and quicker to do things. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's my game, my man. So let me hear yours and. Uh, Better be good. No, I'm just kidding. I hope it's in the same sort of detail as what you did with Harvest Moon there. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right, so my game is Super Metroid, and that was a game on the Super Nintendo. Yeah. Uh, have you played it? I'm sure you know of it. You've heard of it. I actually have it in my hand right now. And if you oh. can hear this. There you go. There you go. That's Convenient. Here's me blowing it. Yep. See, this wasn't yeah. planned. This is just convenience. <laughs> that's just the one I'm actually playing at the moment. So there you go. Yeah. Oh, there you go. So that's actually funny. All right. Uh, so Super Metroid is an action plat, or well, it's an action adventure game developed by Nintendo R&D One uh, for the Super Nintendo back in 1994. Yep. Uh, it's the third installment of the of the series. And the first one being Metroid on the NES. And this one follows the events of the second one, which came at, which was called Samus Returns, which came out on the Game Boy, uh, I believe in maybe 91. Yep. I might be incorrect on that one, but I believe it was 91. Okay. All right. So you control pretty much Samus Aran, which is a bounty hunter, and yep. uh, you travel to the planet Zeebs, to return an infant Metroid stolen by Ridley, mm-hmm. who is uh, a space pirate. He's, I don't know if you've, well, to everyone listening, if you played uh, the new Smash Brothers, he's the dragging looking thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So the game focuses on exploration with the player searching for power ups and abilities, uh, such as like the grappling beams, morph ball. Spring ball, uh, speed booster, high jump boots, uh, health boosts, reserve tanks, which are actually quite important, uh, charge beams uh, for your gun, all these different bits for your suit, and uh, different missiles. Uh, So pretty much there's certain doors that can open with just your normal shot, and then you're going to need your missile and then your super missiles, which... The super missiles, I believe, were the green doors and the purplish-looking doors being just your normal missiles. Uh, and they take about five shots just to open one door from memory. Okay. 
it was a couple of years ago when I beat this for the first time on the Super Nintendo. I I played it a fair few times more on ROMs uh, while probably in the mid-2000s, but I actually got the cart and I actually beat it a couple of years ago, so I was pretty happy with that. It's such a good game. Um, the, the music in it is fantastic. Mm. Uh, yeah. I'm sure I'm sure you've been playing it. You know how good the music is. It's all about atmosphere in the game. It's kind of like uh, it was the movie Aliens was such like a popular movie that uh, Ridley the the space pirate is actually named after Ridley Scott. Ah, there you go. The director from that series. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So you had the game as a kid. I I did have the game. No. I didn't have the game as a kid. It was actually given to me by one of my mates. Uh, yeah. We called him Snail Master, as uh, you yes. remember. Shout uh, out yeah. to Jimbo. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, he ended up giving it to me. So, And then that was after I'd played it on the ROM, so I'd got it from him, and that's the game I still own today. And yeah. the game that I, that I beat recently, which was really good. It was really but nice I, of him yeah. to give it to me. Better hope he doesn't listen to this and then ask for it back, eh? Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, if you are listening, Corey, I'm hanging on to that copy of Killer Instinct. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, yeah, because I recall it being um, being on the floor in your room many moons ago. Um, yeah, because my versions um, I got from Japan when we went there together recently. Um, and, and you got it complete in the box, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Um, and the, the box art in the Japanese version looks really good as well. And plus, it yeah. plays in complete English as well. Yeah, and also I've been playing it on the Superboy, um, which is pretty cool because it's like, as you said, it's it's very um, it's a rainy day game. I think yep. is the best description of it. Um, when how old were you when you first played it? Oh. It would have been just before. When did uh, Metroid Prime come out? So early 2000s. I'd say around then, uh, probably like 12 or something like that. All right. So you're playing. You let me take you back. You're playing it um, around that time when you're about 12, and obviously Super Nintendo is known for its vibrant, colourful, you know, mm-hmm. family games. Then you pop this in, and it's. Um, Basically, you know, some would probably call it a survival horror type game. Yeah. Um, what kind of feeling did it give you sort of playing something like this? To be honest, I, the feeling it got, it was like kind of like eerie because of yeah. that music in the background. Yeah. Uh, and then you're just pretty much searching for a while. You're not sure what's going on. And then it all just happens. Then like, things are flying at you. Yeah. yeah, searching through the doors. It, it just becomes more intense, but that music, uh, i got to look up who composed it, but he did such a magical job on it. Yeah, and, um, like, another, this is another game in a series of games that's still going, you know, years and years later. So, um, you know, two completely different series. Um you know, I, I don't know if anyone wants to find out if anyone has worked on the other one in the staff of the two games. But, um, <laughs> you know, like, 
we've seen Samus and now Ridley in um, Super Smash Bros. have also seen, you know, Zero Suit Samus, Dark Samus. Yeah. Um, you know, we haven't seen Harvest Moon characters in Super Smash Bros. No, no, we haven't. That's setting the benchmark for if it's a good game or not. Yep. Well, when are we going to see the owner of the flower shop in Super Smash Bros? <laughs> 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 no, but um, you're right, though. Like, I remember, well, obviously, because I, I only got it recently, when I first played it, I was like, wow, it's the music's just so, you know, it's like a stale sort of tone of music, and you're like, this is really cool. Like, it's a, yep. it just feels cool. Um as you're playing through it, and I know what you were sort of referring to just a moment ago when you said, like, the first part, you're just wandering through corridors, and then I think you have a fight with uh, Ridley or something, and you, and then that activates something that, you know, sets off all these alarms and stuff, and it's just go time. Yeah. Um, off, but, yeah, that's what so, I recall. So with the Ridley thing, I believe at the, at the, that's at the start of the game, and that's pretty much a flashback uh to i believe the previous game so yeah. it's like a continuation so you escape on the ship and yeah. then you end up back on this planet uh zebes which was on the first one yep i'm pretty sure i've got it right there um but yeah it's all it's all go time and then it's just the exploration and then with the music it just all works really well so in the super super metroid uh there are four space pirates that you need to defeat in the game so when you're exploring um i believe it's the first stage from memory might be ceres uh it's called the space colony or criteria um Mm -hmm. there's like you'll stumble upon a statue uh, and there's like diamonds and they're just like gleaming and then the they're the eyes of the four space parts. So yeah. each time you beat a space part, one of their statues will glow uh, gold. Yep. Um, so once you've defeated them all, that whole thing uh, turns gold and then it sinks to the ground. And then under underground, you tend to go fight, um, I believe it's Mother Brain. Oh. But, um, yeah, so oh. the, the four... Um, the four space pirates from memory, I believe it was Craig. Uh, we had Fantoon, uh, Dragon, and the big guy being Ridley. And there was a bunch of mini bosses throughout the game, so you're not just fighting the four main guys. There's a bunch of mini bosses. So when you beat Craig, uh, I believe before that, there's a mini Craig, and you think you've beaten him, and then. Yeah. Here comes this bigger guy, and you're like, oh, crap. Uh-huh. That's what's, uh, yeah, been dealing with that a bit at the moment in Persona 5. <laughs> yeah, I know the feeling. Yeah. Um, so while you've been talking, I've just, because I just wanted to know who did compose that music, and um, it's his name, by, it was name, uh, the name of the composer was Kenji Yamamoto, and yep. he was able to do all that music and put it into the six megabytes of space on the Super Nintendo, but. See, that's amazing. It is just, but um, just interesting that we sort of that I look this up because a few of the games we've actually talked about that he's actually worked on um, that we both have spoken about on the show, but also outside the show. And I'll just list you off a few of the big ones. Um, Mike Tyson's Punch Out. 
Yep. Famicom Wars, which was the inspiration for my first Game Boy Advance game, Advance Wars. That was on the Famicom. Okay, yeah, yep. Super Metroid, um, Radar Mission. Uh, he also did Mario Kart Super Circuit. He did okay. Metroid Prime, Metroid Fusion, Metroid Zero Mission, Metroid Prime Echoes, Metroid Prime Pinball. Pinball. Um, and then he went from there. He went Metroid Prime Hunters, Excite Truck, Metroid yep. Prime Three, Super Smash Bros. Brawl. He did the arrangements for the Metroid parts. Mm-hmm. Donkey Kong Returns. Um, okay. Pilot Rings Resort. Um, what else did he do? Let's scroll a bit down. He did Donkey Kong Country Returns 3D, Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze, which we've spoken about. Mm-hmm. Donkey Kong. Um, oh, sorry. He did Super Smash Bros. for the 3DS and Wii U. Mario Tennis Ultra Smash, Tokyo Mirage Sessions, which I'm actually playing at the moment, and I can tell that he has done it because the music is very similar. He worked as a supervisor on The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild um, and was a process management of sound for Hey Pikmin, and he's also doing Metroid Samus Returns. He was a musical director. So, oh, wow. The latest, works, the latest works is Sushi Striker, which is a action puzzle game on the Nintendo Switch and 3DS. So there you go. He's uh he's still around and uh I don't know, maybe we can talk more about SNES music in another episode, but that's pretty interesting to see that he's actually worked on Breath of Wild because I know that's been getting a lot of um accolades for its sound and its uh its soundtrack, yeah. Yeah. And you can kind of tell that his music has continued on because it's that eerie feeling in Prime as well, mm. uh, in Metro Prime, and he's done all the others as well. I don't think he was on that other M, I don't believe you said. No, it was, it, there was nothing involved. I think that was a reboot that was outside the core, guys. Um, yeah, it was a totally different kind of game. Funnily enough, that's the first one I played, so, yeah. Well, there you go. Um, um, yeah. I'll I'll continue on a bit about uh, Super Metroid. Uh, yeah, sorry. There's... Man. That's all right. On a rant there. Yeah, go on. Mate, I enjoyed listening to what else music he's done. It was good to know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there are also, like, many other areas uh, to Planet Zebes. Uh, you got, as I just mentioned earlier, you got the Space Colony, which is at the start. You got Criteria. You got Brinstar, which is the majority of the game. You got Norfair. You got Wrecked Ship. Uh, which is, I believe, the first game. They, like Metroid on the NES, you kind of play that area and you're kind of going back to it. Uh, you got Meridia and Turian. And as I mentioned earlier, Mother Brain is your main boss, but I won't go into any more details or spoilers because it is a surprise ending and mm-hmm. I highly suggest you all play the game. Check it out. And uh, out of 10, what would you give it? Oh, mate, I'm going to give it a 10. It's one of my favourite games. Yeah, I've just um, clicked away from the composer, and I've actually read, as of 2003, which is when they stopped taking these records, the game had sold uh, sorry, 1.42 million copies. Well, um, there you so go. It's, it's not in production anymore, but, yeah, that's quite a lot for a, like a Super even- Nintendo game. Even Super Nintendo, then you're buying it on the Wii Shop, your uh, Wii U Shop. I'm sure there's plenty more sales out there on the other eShops going around. 
you got to play it on the Super Nintendo Classic that came out a couple of years ago. There'll be uh-huh. many more times where you can purchase it and play it for yourself as well if you don't have the original cartridge. Yeah, that's right. And, like, that game carries a lot of weight and I think people will be interested in going back and playing that. Um, you know, so definitely uh, definitely a cool game, a cool sort of storyline, character design. Um, you know, definitely, definitely something a lot of people have interest in playing, yep. but also just the character and the franchise itself. Um, yep. Because we've got to remember, like, Ridley was, I think, a fan-chosen addition to Super Smash Bros. in terms of character releases. Yeah. So... Um, it, it shows the the appeal and effect that a game of its time has had with people of today as well. Yeah, that's it. And, um, yeah, well, that's that's cool that you, you've played through it a few times. How many hours would you say it is to complete it? You can... Probably do it real quickly if you know, like, I believe I've seen speed runs get done real fast because the thing with this game, you don't have to play it um, okay. the way it's supposed to be played. You can learn wall jumping uh, yeah. after a certain bit and you can, like, jump and skip certain areas. So people have, uh, with their speed runs, they know how to skip miss miss this part, beat this boss first, do it this way just to get a bit of time off their speed run. Uh. Um, so it won't take too long if you know what you're doing, but if you're exploring, you're trying to find all the reserve tanks, all the um, extra missiles, all the super missiles to have yeah. in your arsenal when you go against the big guys, um, yeah. which I believe you should because you kind of need it. Yeah. Um, it took me just about over a week, but I wasn't playing consistently. Yeah. Um, but in the game, there's save points as well. Yeah. So most games during that time, as we both know, you didn't have save areas, but this game had, does. So if your game has a... It should have a backup battery inside, and it sh- hopefully it still works. If yep. not, they can be replaced as well. Well, I'm just looking at a website called howlongtobeat.com and they've got it around sort of eight and a half hours to beat. Yeah. Um, with speedrunners doing it in about an hour and a half. Exactly, so, because they're, they're missing bits. They're doing this wall yeah. jump. When well, actually, you, what? The, the fastest run is clocked at 42 minutes. So that's crazy. That's ridiculous, yeah. yeah and that's also, ridiculous. I'm just, just noting on the cover of the game, also Ridley's red, whereas I think in Smash Bros. she's like a purpley grey colour. Yeah, I think so too. So. In so. in Smash, yeah, definitely purple, and from the cover, yeah, red. Yeah, which is so pretty there cool. You go. Yeah, well, that's good, man. It sounds uh, sounds like one I'll have to definitely complete. I might get stuck into it soon. Um, but yeah, it was, it's. Uh, it's cool to see, you know, a little, read a bit about the composer as well and see that he's still sort of active because um, I know we were talking before we went on the show to saying, like, another game, how it's cool to see what games they've worked on and then listen to them and you can actually hear sort of elements of the type of music in other games. Yeah. But, 
tropical freeze, you know, that's, yeah, it's it's very close to the old Donkey Kong games, but he's worked on it, so he's able to capture that, but still, um, I guess he probably worked with other people. I think um, he worked with other people during yeah, it. He probably was like, um, one of, like a supervisor or something, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, but that's really cool. Really cool game, and uh, thanks for discussing it. So you give it a ten out of ten. That's pretty good. Yeah, one of my favorite games. It's something that I could go back to even this year or next year and give it another go because you're always learning something new. Yeah. Because you might shoot like the roof, and you might find this secret path. You might yep. come across another reserve tank and you're like, oh, shit, I didn't know this was here. Mm. Mm. It says here, released on 3DS, PC, Super Nintendo, Wii, and Wii U. Oh, there uh, you go. There's, there's a supply box. Well, uh, well, I guess does it for this episode then. It was, um, we just wanted to try something new today and do a, you know, a game each and see because we've sort of done a few podcasts where we talk sort of news and what we've collected but we don't really talk about games in any detail so yep. um again no questions to answer um but you know as the show goes on the more episodes we do the more popular it's hopefully going to get and we can start to sort of take the aspects people like and make full episodes out of them so that's the the aim um yep. and yeah so all right well thanks for stopping by and uh feel free to like the page on facebook which is what again, James? It is power, well, facebook.com slash power on retro gaming. You can yep. also find us on Instagram, power on retro gaming, Twitter at power on retro gaming. Mm-hmm. And there's also uh, a website where you can also find a bit of information. You can find links to the podcast as well. But mm-hmm. we are, that's power on gaming.org and um, you can find this podcast on iTunes, Spotify and Stitcher Smart Radio as well. Oh, wow, okay. And remember, power on.